live from Beit Shemesh and broadcasted around the world. You are listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Nahum Kligman. Interviews and advice from Jewish entrepreneurs from around the world. Listen, learn, be Masliach. Welcome to episode 48 of the From Entrepreneur, another fantastic episode, super excited. First of all, if you're a coffee lover, this is the episode for you. And, you know, it's kind of hard to be an entrepreneur and not be a coffee lover these days. So uh, I'm super excited about our guest. His name is Mendy Dolphin, and he's the CEO of The Chosen Bean. Uh, Mendy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Nachum. Thank you. My pleasure. So, I mean, first of all, I think I'm excited about this because I love talking coffee. I made a special cup, even though it's like uh, four in the afternoon for me. This will be my, th- my third cup of the day. And um, I figure, how can we talk about coffee if we're not drinking coffee? Yeah, and it's never too late to have a cup of coffee. I mean, it'll help you stay up. It's Thursday night. You'll be able to learn a little longer, you know. There you go. There you go. I'll be able to do my daf a little more sharper. <laughs> exactly. So first of all, before we get started, I, actually, there's a great vort. I don't know if you heard this. You, do you know the, the coffee devar Torah? Go ahead. Let's, let's hear. I'm always up to hearing something new. Maybe, maybe it'll be something new. <laughs> maybe so, so this is, I, I've heard this. It was said I, in the name. I heard it. I've heard it a few times since I started saying it. Uh, but I heard it over the name of, his name is Rav Eli Melech Biederman. And it's a fantastic devar Torah. Uh, I say it over all the time now. Basically says, and I adapted it to the From Entrepreneur because, you know, I don't know if you know, but I have a, a book called The From Entrepreneur, and on the cover of my book is a cup of coffee. I always put, I put the cup of coffee, uh, you know, because I just felt it was an elegant look. It's definitely something that all entrepreneurs or most entrepreneurs uh, drink and what, what fuels them, which is really what the book is about, fueling you for your uh, entrepreneurial journey. But then, I, then when I heard this word, I said, oh, that's why I put this cup of coffee on the book. So it goes... Why do from entrepreneurs drink coffee in the morning? And the answer is, is because what is coffee? It's bitter beans with hot water mixed with cold milk and sweet sugar. And then you say the bracha, shahakol nihiyah bidvaro. Everything is created from Hashem. Everything comes from Hashem. So whether you have to make cold calls that day, whether it's going to be a bitter day, whether it's going to be a sweet day, where it's going to be, you know, a hot day, you're going to be in deep water. Everything is from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, And I think that personifies the life of an entrepreneur. So, so like all good stories, <laughs> I think I've heard that from, from, from the non-Jewish side as well. Oh, really? So, yeah, it, as a, you know, so you never know. But it, it's, the, it's obviously the, the story is uh, appropriate uh, and for, for def, definitely good muscle to use. Well, what are you uh, talking about? This story has been handed down generation to generation, you know, since the – in Europe, you know, thousands of years ago. I, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's it probably did. But, you know, there were similar <laughs> stories. They had, you know, this one had and that one. <laughs> right. Who knows? But it's it's good. Mice and are important. And Excellent. Good, so, all right. So let's talk about coffee. First of all, so tell us. Just give us a brief uh, synopsis of what is the chosen bean, and then we'll dig a little bit more into who you are, and then we'll get into some business talk. Absolutely. So uh, we're coffee manufacturers. We roast coffee. We take it from being a green. Coming from the farmers, farmers across the world, that we we bring that and we roast it here in Florida to make it uh, uh, usable 
for coffee. Uh, that's what you're used to seeing when you open up a bag of coffee or you go to the store and you see them bulk uh, coffee beans. So we prepare it for manufacturers. That's what we do. And we also make beverages as well, cold brew coffee. And we involve ourselves in things that are coffee related. So like coffee uh, chocolate or things of that nature. Uh, we do primarily uh, wholesale to groceries and restaurants nationwide. And that's in United States. And we also have coffee available direct on our website that uh, customers could go and they could go to the chosen bean, the chosen bean.com. The T-H-E, the is very important. Right. Uh, and it's the chosen bean.com. They could go out there and we have micro lots. Uh, we, we, what we do is we look for special coffees. There's many different varieties of coffee beans, which I'm sure we could talk about soon, as much as you'd like to know about coffee. I definitely um, do. <laughs> but, but we basically are, we choose. We're the chosen bean. We that's, that's part of our name is we actually go out there to choose the beans carefully, looking for things that are special and different and delicious. And uh, we roast that up here. So on our website, uh, we always have new lots. We just got a Nicaraguan that went up. Uh, we just got a whole lot of a Colombian, but not a regular Colombian, something that's out of this world, comes from a small farm, and it's a phenomenal cup of coffee. So that's a little bit about what we do. Wow, that's fantastic. So, and I definitely want to dig more into this story and, and talk coffee and get into some details here because I have a bunch of questions myself. But first, let, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Mendy Dolphin? Who is Mendy Dolphin? That is a scary where'd, question. Where, <laughs> where'd you grow up? Where'd you come from? Where'd you go to school? So um, I am the child of Chabad Shluchim that grew up in Marin County, California, originally. That's like the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I started my uh, journey. And uh, I went to different yeshivas. I learned in Australia. I learned in Israel a little bit. Um, and all, all, all Chabad schools? All Chabad schools, yeah, all Chabad schools. Um, and, I mean, in the beginning was obviously my father. It was the it was the school that uh, my father ran in Marin, California. Mm-hmm. But all through all through Chabad schools, and uh, ultimately I uh, I uh, got married in New York and couldn't wait to get out of New York. <laughs> I was a California boy, and I loved the sun, and that's how it, what I like. And I uh, had an opportunity to come to Florida, so I moved to Coral Springs, which is next to Boca. So it's not it's not California exactly, but close enough. It's, if I hadn't gone through New York, I probably would never be able to make it from California to Florida. But I was cleansed by going through New York. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So Carl Springs, how, there's a big Jewish community over there? Uh, yeah. We have uh, over 80 families here. It's oh, nice. a beautiful community. We have uh, men's mikvah, women's mikvah, uh, Masifta, uh, a, um, a girls high school. Uh, we Do have, have an elementary. coffee house? Uh, Starbucks, I think, is opening up across the street from my house. Oh, really? <laughs> oh that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't compete with them. So, I mean, they, actually, I do compete with them. They right. don't compete with me, though. Right. <laughs> you're not on their radar just yet. I'm not on their radar. No, not actually, at all. Actually, you never know. I mean, they are moving up. You know, who knows why they're opening up across the street from you? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, nice, uh, nice uh, drive through. But uh, we, yeah, we don't we don't have uh, so many coffee houses. We have a few coffee houses here in uh, Coral Springs. Uh, it's a really a bedroom community. It's a family oriented community. So it's a beautiful place to raise a family. I mean, gorgeous place to raise a family. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, so when did you get, when did you get married? Uh, almost nine years ago. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 
a little bit ago. Very nice. Okay, so how? So let's let's get a little bit into. Um, first of all, were you always entrepreneurial? Were you always into business before we even get into the coffee thing? Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Always loved it. When I was seven, I was selling outside in front in California in front of my house. Uh, you know, soft drinks. In school, I was dealing uh, La Hit bars and uh, <laughs> nefarious candies that I was uh, would have got in trouble if I got busted. Uh, all through eighth grade, always, always loved business. I always loved the back of the. You know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I always enjoyed it. Uh-huh. So, so you were a born entrepreneur, so to speak. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what? what so were you always a coffee lover? Did you always like coffee? So I, I'm, uh, I would say I'm into health a little bit, and by just maybe because of where I grew up, I, I don't know why. Um, so not not eccentric into health, but I'm con- health conscious, and uh, being health conscious, I don't like having sugar in my diet. I never did. I, I felt like I ate too much sugar. I don't feel like anything you know anything too much is not is not usually good for you. It could, it could it's not. You know, probably healthy. Right. Uh, so I always tried getting sugar out. So for many years, I would try to, you know, kick the the. I was drinking instant coffee. I was always trying to kick that uh, sugar habit. And but instant coffee without sugar is like, ah, <laughs> I can't even describe it. It's horrible. It's it's, it's ah, terrible. When you make your 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 coffee from your beans, so you don't put sugar in it. Uh, no, I I drink my coffee black religiously. I got used to it. I uh, actually, to my coffee, I didn't have to get used to. It was actually it was very smooth, mm-hmm. so it was very easy for me to drink. Um, but I had always wanted that. So when it presented itself, and I had a cup of coffee, and I was like, "Wow, I don't need sugar in this coffee," and that to me was like eye-opening. What? But and, no, no uh, cream either. Nah, no, no cream. I, I, I don't like. Have, I like. Well, I for me, it's it's twofold, right? One is uh, I. Just don't want. I don't need. I'm, I'm Ashkenazi, and I, you know, uh, dairy probably isn't the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and second is and the sugar aspect, which I just talked about. Right. And uh, the second aspect is I want to taste the coffees a lot of times because, especially when they're my coffees, um, and even when they're others' coffees, because that way I could com- compare them, you know, apples to apples. I could taste the differences sure. um, of the coffees and evaluate them properly. Right, so that makes a lot of sense. I guess if, if everything is, you're putting uh, sugar and milk into it, it'll uh, affect the taste of the actual beans or the actual flavor uh, of the coffees. It will, it will. But the interesting thing is that this I've learned from from doing lots of samplings and tastings is that a person has to drink the coffee the way they're used to. So if they drink it in a way, let's say I give it to them black, they're not going to like the coffee if they usually put in milk or sugar. Uh-huh. Um, but when they drink it with the milk or sugar, the way they've generally like their coffee, right? They, they taste it and they're like, "Wow, this is amazing," because they suddenly taste this. So you could taste the difference even with the milk or sugar. It's just my preference, but I got used to it and I like it. And 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 I think you could tell the more subtle things about the coffee. You know, you don't have anything uh, in the way like milk or sugar uh, masking the taste of the bean. So you're like, I guess I would say, a. It's not just a business for you; it's a passion. You're you're a coffee connoisseur. You you could tell the difference, the taste, the flavorings behind the bean. Like someone like uh, knows wine, so to speak. So I've I've become. I think you know when I started out, I had no idea, and I told my partner, I think you're nuts. Uh, I think you're. I don't know. Are you allowed to say that on? Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> on, on Jewish podcasts, I don't know how, yeah. where, where the lines are. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's so, okay. <laughs> no, nuts, nuts is as far as we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm, I'm a very curious person. I, I, uh, I'm extremely inquisitive and I need to understand why, 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 why is it this way? Why is it that way? You know, so I w- would, you know, for everything, including that, I would take a whole bunch of coffees and sample them, try to see what's the differences. But with time, my, my taste buds adapted and I suddenly noticed different things that I hadn't noticed before. And I realized that I noticed those things. So there is the, that aspect of your, you, you know, your taste buds develop and that's with age and with experience. So the more you're tasting coffees, the more your, your taste buds adapt and the more, you know, so yeah, definitely there's an aspect of that. All right, so let's let's talk about this. So you, you got married, and what were you doing work-wise uh, from them, and, and how did we get into uh, The Chosen Bean? So you got to go to B&H. I uh, went to B&H, and I worked <laughs> there for a number of years. I loved it. I uh, eventually had an opportunity to run a call center customer service department for a company called OneSale.com, and, or OneSale Day. Then they were trying to build their customer service, and Long story short, uh, they were going to Florida. That was the that was the catch for me. So I said sure, and I ended up running their a part of their eBay department for a bit before I went to try to fix up their customer service for a whole while, right. um, and then and fraud prevention, loss prevention. So I got into a whole bunch of different things over there that I that I uh, that that were my responsibility, and I ended up in Florida. Being in Florida, I um, at some point you know it was time to move on and. For a while, someone in Shul. So this is a Shul story. Love Shul. Someone stories. in Shul. Yeah, Shul. <laughs> so someone in Shul who I know was telling me, you know, you got to get your e-commerce guy. You got to get together with this guy, Moshe Ruza. He roasts coffee. And to me, it was like talking Chinese. You know, for a while. But you know, eventually, I need to find something else. And I, I said, you know what? Let me let me talk to him. We made a meeting and uh, we we met. And it turns out, I mean, he was. He lives five doors away from me. Oh, wow. That's funny. I mean, I kind of knew who he was. He's someone in a shul, but I didn't know him, know him. Right. But he only lived five doors away from me. Now, five doors in Coral Springs is like, you know, a block away <laughs> in, in Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> right. So a little bit different uh, spatial-wise. But, you know, it is. so that's how I – That's how I, and then it just interests me. I, you know, I, would, I had been in electronics for a number of years. I, I had no uh, love for electronics, but – I did have an interest in food. Uh, actually, my family has been in the food business for many years. So, my, my, you know, my grandfather, uh, an uncle. What type I, of food? I guess I, uh, wine. Uh, Teal Lake wine is uh, my uncle produces Teal Lake and uh, Goose Bay out of Australia. And my grandfather uh, helped build up Rashi, Rashi wine. So, oh, wow. So it always been in, in the family. And, uh, it, it, you know, my grandfather was always experimenting with foods and, made it the tilapia and the this and the that <laughs> um so i don't know it just interests me it, it, food interests me there's more to it you know the science behind it it's, it's just interesting i find it very interesting so, so tell me more about moshe ruza do you so you met him in shul someone said he, he, he was he a coffee guru like what was his what's his he's story? an amazing guy he is a foodie so i'm the i'm like the business guy he's like the foodie guy uh-huh. he's also a good businessman but he's he's the foodie guy he he loves making breads for example he's a he makes these amazingly artisan these amazing artisan breads um actually there's a beer company a large beer company here in south florida which uh posted on their blog his recipe oh, wow. uh, he made a beer a beer a beer bread it's called funky buddha and <laughs> yeah i don't know if i can say that on this show either uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Um, so he uh, he he's he's basically a chef. I mean, he's a foodie. He loves that. And at one point, many years ago, uh, it's already about eight plus years ago. He many years ago, eight plus years ago, he started roasting coffee. He got interested in it. He was drinking this coffee uh, that he found on a cruise in Alaska and he drank their coffee and he loved it and he started you know flying it out to you know buying it online or whatever it was and at some point he's like you know I gotta make this myself uh let me try that a friend taught him how to roast Mm -hmm. and he you know became part of the collectives and the different roaster groups and made friends in that area and got involved in that whole world and he has a good palate obviously he developed the chosen bean, which is a story on itself. If you want, or but I'm talking about him himself right now, so right. I'll stick to that. And his background, he came from the luxury goods, uh, luxury uh, clothing industry of New York, the Schmata business. Mm-hmm. He at some point decided he was a, a diver. Okay, he decided to head out to Bonaire, and he opened a resort for divers, a diving resort, about 120 rooms or something like He's that. He's also Chabad. Uh, he's he's uh, Balchova. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he's Chabad. And actually, that's where he f- had his first interaction with um, uh, Chabad from people, I, I would say, um, was in Bon Air when some Bahram showed up and he basically slammed the door <laughs> and ran away from them. Uh, but over time, that was like in 86. But over time, they, you know, that but that was like the flame, the little spark. Right. And uh, eventually, you know, it's a Kaddish, you know, one thing led to another, and he uh, he moved back to he moved back to the, the states, the mainland in Florida, and uh, but he that's that's his ba- background uh, basically in in a nutshell. Okay, so you guys see each other in shul. You say, hey, we only live five hours away from us, and at this point, was he already did he already start to manufacture his own beans? Yeah, he was he was doing it for a while on an extremely small scale, um, literally a hobby. Uh, he would get in five pounds of coffee, and a friend would say, "Hey," uh, and he, he would call. Actually, the other way, he would call his friend and say, "Hey, I got five pounds of this amazing, fantastic bean. Oh, give me a give me a pound, okay?" And that's how it started, literally. Uh, so that was happening for a few years, though. And he was getting his hands on all these really nice exotic coffee beans, mm-hmm. which were uh, really unique. And and uh, he would. That's how it started. That's how he got. So so you would take so he would buy the beans actually import them like around the world and then uh, roast them roast them and then what do you, after you roast them what do you do Oh uh, you grind them you grind first them, right. you need to grind them or some people have grinders in their houses so they grind it themselves so what he would do is um, there's different groups he was part of uh, and a guy let's just say let's say it's myself today right I got in a Nicaragua it's fantastic. Nicaraguan, it's this, it's that, you know, whatever, all the different things about this Nicaraguan, or it's a honey processed Costa Rican, black honey processed Costa Rican uh, from this farm, Finca, whatever. This is how she uh, has been growing the coffee beans, and and they're amazing. It has notes of... uh, of uh of pineapple uh grapefruit and uh and sourdough (laughs) you know whatever it is and uh and i want to split the sack oh sure i'll take five pounds oh i'll take 10 pounds i'll take you know so okay here it is and you buy it it's obviously a premium price when you're buying it in such quantities but that's what he did and and that's how he built his that's how he built it was a hobby for a number of years he had high hopes but it never really took off Right, and now you have um, just just to walk through. So the chosen bean, what is that? That's an actual coffee you could buy from you, or is that just the name sure. of the company? 
No, the coffee. Uh, it's the name of the company is the Chosen Bean. Right. And um, it was interesting how you know how that name came about. His name is Moshe. Right. Um, and um, thought of himself as I'm this guy bringing people these great coffee beans, like. And he thought of Moshe Rabbeinu, and, and this is in Shul, obviously, with Tefillin on probably, Davni, right, you right. know, suckling back and forth, the best entrepreneurial spirit going on, <laughs> and Machshav uh, Zara's, right? Uh, so, you know, hey, so so the Chosen Bean, in short, was a Machshav Zara. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, he thought of, like, hey, Moshe Rabbeinu brought people the Torah and everything, and I bring people coffee, and he kind of, like, so he's like, oh, you know, what would, so he kind of developed this this idea, and he's like, oh, what about the chosen bean? <laughs> he's like, oh, that's for sure taken. That someone owns that for sure. Right. So he went right away that day. He went check it out. He goes, he sees, you know, uh, trademarks, uh, the chosen bean, not trademarked. Check. Huh. Um, <laughs> he goes online, thechosenbean.com. Uh, is it taken? No. Check. He's like, <laughs> everything was like synced perfection so he's like wow this this is meant to be and he uh goes and goes through the the trademark and goes through everything um actually a little while later someone uh filed a lawsuit or a trademark lawsuit on him because uh, the the chosen bean they have a company that uses chosen as part of their slogan and uh at that at that time the guy felt that you know this was your that's my trademark. I own the chosen bean. Like I own right. anything that says chosen. But uh, so that that kind of delay also threw back his whole ambition and his and his idea a few years because that took a few years to litigate and go through and 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 clear up. But obviously, chosen is anyone could take chosen. Chosen is, <laughs> is, is like taking like taking Mendy. Right. Right. <laughs> Can't. Maybe you could trademark. Mendy. I don't know. <laughs> Well, there's, a, there's a comedian, no, Mendy Soso Chabad. Oh, no? Mendy Palin. Yeah, Palin, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, Mendy. yeah. Oh, you know him? So he's a, he's a Chabadster also, right? I wonder yeah, if he yeah. tra- trademarked uh, Mendy. <laughs> uh, yeah, if anyone trademarked it, it's Mendy. It's <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and he deserves it. He's, a, he's funny and he's, he's very funny. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of his stuff. Hilarious guy. Hilarious guy. Okay, so you come in and so now you say, okay, let's take this to the next level. Let's create a website, uh, e-commerce, wholesale it. Right, what came first, the e-commerce or, the, or wholesaling? So it took me. So in, in truth, it took me about a year to figure things out, just okay. to like, just to even begin to figure things out. You know, I tried doing this a little bit. That it was my background was not exactly exactly a high quality food product. Right. Uh, so I didn't necessarily understand it 100 percent, and it took me time to realize what it is and where I could what's what's its place in the world and. And, and learn the business. Learn, you know, what's the difference between Whole Foods coffee and Walmart coffee? What's the difference between, uh, you know, who's who's the right customer? And understanding all those kind of things uh, took me time to learn and and understand and building relationships and everything like that. So that that first year kind of um, was a learning, a serious learning curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the second year, I uh, was on track to be in Whole Foods. You know, for for Pesach, we were in Whole Foods nationally. Wow! Past Pesach. Wow! And, uh, and to have uh, coffee in many new, all the large New York stores, kosher stores, I focused in on that market, thinking that it might be a place where others had not tapped. Maybe we could bring you know get people off of instant coffee because I know how great it is, and I um and I know how actually great our coffee is. And right. And I was like kind of 
off it, you know, tempting entrepreneurial type of uh, uh, bet. Well, they get to get into Whole Foods. I mean, I, I get. I mean, I'm sure they have coffee manufacturers pitching them all the time. How did you get into Whole Foods? And nationally, that that's that's crazy. I am secret. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, you have, but, no, you have another uncle that owns Whole Foods. But I, but I had a opportunity. I had a great opportunity to work with someone that had already an established uh, relationship with Whole Foods, uh-huh. and it was basically just getting on board with them and them pitching it for me. So. I didn't do a lot of the work. I just fielded all the customer service calls after, <laughs> and, and collected the and collected the check. But right. um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't build the relationship. The the great great thing about that was, although it was, and, and this was my thinking then, is it's an opportunity. Just being in Whole Foods alone, yeah, qualifies your product as quality. Huh. Interesting. You tell someone, and this is something that every entrepreneur could learn going in. It's it's a phenomenal thing that I learned from that. Which was his perspective. I mean, well, you know, it's perspective. Right. But sometimes the opportunity is so, even though there could be other repercussions, that it's too large for you. You can't handle it. I mean, we we were slammed. It was craziness for us when that. But it was unbelievable. It became part of my sales pitch. I got into many other places just with that. You know, hey, sure. we're in Whole Whole Foods. We're good enough for you. And that any. Learned that sometimes you could piggyback on someone else, get in through someone else who has an existing relationship. Uh, I would even I would even venture to say even if it's at a at a loss, mm-hmm. the amount you're going to gain ultimately will be much greater if you if you're in a place that stands for let's say if you have quality product and that place stands for quality. Now everyone knows you're a quality product and you don't have to validate it. No one tells you, oh, I'm sorry, your packaging isn't nice. Oh, your product doesn't take it isn't isn't uh, isn't good, right? I mean, obviously, individuals might have feelings, but when it comes to selling someone, it's uh, there's a lot of barriers that are that are broken right away. You say, "Hey, I'm in Whole Foods." It's like, "Oh, well, they'll tell you the truth about why they don't want to buy right away because right. they they look at you and they value that that you have something of value, and they're not going to discount that so much. Right, I, I, and I think that's an incredibly important lesson for entrepreneurs. I actually did that once uh, with one of my companies, Vubix, where when we were just getting started, which it's a video uh, platform, we got into the affiliate industry using videos as an affiliate tool, and one of the main reasons was because it was a lot easier to work with companies like ice.com and drugstore.com, uh, which were a couple of our early clients, because you know, going through the affiliate department, so even though it wasn't like the, the big deals, but just being able to put drugstore.com and ice.com and other retailers, you know, uh, top uh, 200 online retailers onto our website gave us a lot of clout and opened up the conversation. So, uh, you know, kudos to you. I mean, that, that's obviously a fantastic and an important lesson for entrepreneurs. Was, yeah, and it was Minashavayim. I mean, it, it wasn't something that I was planning. It came up in a conversation and I, uh, I took the opportunity. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so let's. I want to dig into the uh, coffee itself because what is the difference? How would you describe the difference between your coffee and when you go and you take a Folgers uh, spoonful of coffee, throw it in your cup, add milk, sugar, and hot water? What is it that you're actually? What is it you're actually putting into your cup when you're buying uh, Folgers? And how's it different when you're buying quality coffee? Uh, from the chosen bean. Okay, so a few things. What you just described is instant coffee. Instant coffee, um, right? No, instant coffee. At Folgers has both. They have instant coffees and they also have uh, regular brewed coffees. 
instant coffee goes through a whole other process. And that's why for Pesach, for example, there's more issues when it comes to instant coffee. It's already brewed. It's pre-brewed, and then it's and then it's freeze-dried, or they have some other processes that they use chemicals to to basically make it instant coffee. Mm. Um, that's the way they make instant coffee. And that's why on Shabbos, you're able to use instant coffee without any question because, because it's, it's already cooked. Interesting. Yeah. So there's no shyness about regular. Now that is excludes uh, Starbucks, which has, uh, from what I understand, micro grinds in it, which you need to talk to your local rub. I never actually asked the shyness, so I just know people have mentioned it to me. I don't use it, so I don't have the shyness personally. <laughs> <laughs> but ask your local Orthodox rabbi. Right. Um, the difference between, let's say, Folgers regular coffee and our coffee is Folgers is a huge company. Right. Right. And they need to buy coffee beans, and it's literally all about the price. Mm-hmm. And people ask this to me, you know, why don't you sell a cheaper version of your coffee? And my answer is, it's not worth it. I could just go buy Folgers. It's much cheaper. Like, then I'm competing on price. All about, it's all about price. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have with Folgers. They have to go to the, they have to go to the, the farms, and not just one farm. Like, they go to, like, Donald Trump of farms, you know, <laughs> right. like, uh, give me the biggest, uh, you know, be a landowner of uh, 50,000 or 100,000, sorry, a million acres, you know, a million acres of land. Right. I mean, huge amounts of swaths of land that are full of coffee beans, industrialized to who knows what. And just give me any beans, right? So they obviously have their own processes and procedures and, and all kinds of stuff like any company. But you're not going to, they don't, they have to do it in massive amounts. So there's zero quality control. Uh, on that aspect, from a from a but there's um, no flavors, flavor. right? There's no flavoring. There's no you're not going to taste any hints of pineapple, I guess, in a couple of folders. Exactly. exactly. You're not gonna. There's no like attention to detail, right? Mm-hmm. It's just give it to me. Let me throw it in this big. You know, let's create a profile for our coffee. What it's going to taste like, like a recipe. Let's go create a profile. It's going to taste like this. The beans from this location taste have a bolder taste the beans from this location have a more acidic taste the beans from this have a lighter taste let's take that together we make our little recipe and the general area has similar tastes or they'll take um, arabica beans and robusta robusta is like a lower quality than arabica arabica grows on trees and higher up elevations while robusta is a bush and it grows on lower plains it actually has three cycles a year so it, it produces coffee quicker Okay. Um, it uh, smells like rubber and tastes worse, and uh, <laughs> it um, is extremely high caffeine. So what they'll do is they mix that together with the Arabica coffee, create a blend, and uh, they sell it. So it has higher caffeine content, but it's not as good of a taste. Now, what they do is they throw that into a huge roaster, a roaster that is hum- humongous. They have a guy they pay $8 an hour, $10 an hour probably, oh. and he presses a button. That's all automatic. Just press the button; it does its thing. You know, throw it into it's 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 a it's a industrialized. Right. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everything's that's uh, everyone's everyone wishes they owned Folgers, right? Sure. So, <laughs> you know, if you owned Folgers, you wouldn't you you wouldn't even look anywhere else. What Starbucks has kind of done is they went and said, no, we want only Arabica beans. We want a higher quality bean. So they took only Arabica, right? So no Robusta, Arabica, and they tried, you know, getting some better beans out of that. 
but obviously there's also a limit of how much they, they go to try to buy farms and they get the beans there's a lot of detail I'm probably gonna I, I, could, I don't want to bore your audience too no it's much. not it's not boring it's actually pretty interesting because for you I'm of you. <laughs> <I'm honest. laughs> uh, but there's there's a lot of details uh, many 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 details in, in what I'm telling you basically there's different size beans and stuff like that uh, okay so, and, so you, you guys you know where to buy you and your partner, you know where to buy good quality beans from different countries. Exactly. And you, can you tell the quality of the coffee from the bean itself or do you have to roast it before you really know? So we um, – sometimes you can. I mean sometimes you can. Sometimes things look off to begin with from a bean. Right. What we do is we get a lot of samples, a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, hey – I have this amazing bean. Farmer Joe from uh, – Farmer Juan from Colombia calls us up or sends us an email and says, hey, I have these beans now in Fort Lauderdale, uh, docked there. Uh, they're, they're, this is the story. Send me samples. I send samples. We taste it. We see if it's the real deal. Also, we want to know where, who we're dealing with. So everything's about reputation. Sure. Does this guy have – or this guy just some guy who just randomly so when they randomly contact you got to do a little bit more research obviously but you know so what's the deal with them and uh we'll taste them actually my partner does it mostly i I, once in a blue moon i i I involve myself in the pre-cupping um it's called cupping tasting it basically so he does that he tastes them he roasts them up tastes them sample batches and we're looking for certain tastes i'll tell you a good example of of what's not good. So I'm in Shoal, again, Shoal story, <laughs> and at a bris, and a guy says, oh, what are you doing? I said, coffee roasting. Oh, uh, my partner owns a farm in Nicaragua, and, uh, you know, maybe I could set you guys up. Sure, give me a call. Here's my card. Guy calls me up. I send to my partner. He sends us samples. Moshe roasts them, and he tells me right away, something wrong. He says, taste them. So I take a, a, a bean. Not 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 a uh, brewed coffee. The bean itself. Right. I put it in my mouth, and there was something totally off. Moshe has a lot of experience in this, and he says, "I, I think they're old. They're old coffee beans, hmm. and that's that's the issue with them." So yeah, we basically call the guy up, and he's like, "Let me find out." You know, he's not on the farm; he lives here, right. but he owns the farm, and he's involved in the farm somewhat. So he said, "Calls up." He's like, "Yeah, that was last year's stock." Wow. Yeah, it was it was last year's stock. I'm so sorry. We said you're so sorry. No problem. We have other options. So. <laughs> well, how long from the time the bean is cut from the tree or from the bush to what's the best time to roast it, or how long will you get that to, to get the freshest uh, coffee? I mean, well, if it's cut today and it's shipped to you tomorrow, is that and then you roast it the next day? Is that like does that matter, or does it? Or if you cut it and then a month later you get it, is there uh, any difference in that? There's a lot of things that matter in coffee. I wouldn't say that that that's necessarily one of the higher up issues of of how long. I mean, if it's too long, it could be an issue. But you know, there's seasons, right? Mm-hmm. So every there's there's a what's called the coffee belt around the world, right? At the equator, and coffee's grown in all those different regions, but they don't all grow at the same time. Some places that grow in September to October and November or whatever, November to Janus February, and you know, etc. And different coffees are in season at different times so like for example last Pesach we were thinking of doing a Peruvian coffee right after Pesach so we start going after all these different Peruvians samples and they're coming in and we're cupping these Peruvian coffees from the Amazons from here from there great my partner I'm thinking oh these are the these are amazing 
My partner's like, eh, nah. <laughs> These are not good. There's something wrong. This, this is not good. What's wrong? End of season. It's the end, end of the season. Now they're going through a new season, so we need to wait. We need to wait six months to be able to, or five months or three months, whatever it is, to get new stock. Uh-huh. This is the end of last year's stock inventory. And it. we're not getting the best beans. You know, you're getting the the second best beans, and the second best beans is not what we want. We want the best. Beans. You guys always go with the best. That's what we do. Okay, so let me ask you. So just, and, and we'll we'll get onto a few other questions. I'm just very interested in this. So I'm taking an example coffee you have on your site. The the Abraham Mocha Java. Okay, so what? First of all, Java. People think Java. They think coffee. Why is Java? What is the difference between Java and coffee? How do you get Mocha flavored into it? And then also, I see you you sell it. You have the whole bean, auto drip, cold brew, coarse espresso, aerial press, percolator, Turkish. What's what is all this? Okay, so <laughs> all those things that you just the last things are all just about grinder settings, right? And I can tell you. So about you the sell it in all these different ways, though. If someone wants it, we have a grinder. You know, it's just about turning it one way or another way. So it's okay. not a big deal. We don't we don't ever charge more for grinding. Although some I know some cost companies will charge more to grind. Mm-hmm. But back to back to your first question is uh, what Abraham what Mocha Java is. First of all, I just put that up the other day, and I, I was going to take it down. I don't usually sell it on our website. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's more like a seasonal. I kind of want to. So that's another thing. When I started, I put everything out there, and then I felt things out, and then I cut back. And I, and I, even though I have other coffees, I don't advertise them as much. I don't put them on because it's too much. It's too much to offer. You got to just keep it a little simple. Right. right? So, uh, but I put that up the other day uh, for fun. The thing about Abram is what a mocha job is. Mocha is not chocolate. Uh, it's a reference to to, to Ethiopia. And the two major regions of the world that produced coffee back in the day were Africa, Ethiopia, mm-hmm. and Indonesia, which is Java. Java is one of the islands of Indonesia. Ah. Uh, there's three islands, three main islands that grow coffee there, at least three. Um, you have Sumatra, which many people are familiar with. You have Sulawesi, which is a little bit more exotic. Uh, and you have Java, which is less common. So you have those three. So that's really what a mocha Java is. It's the blending of those two regions into a, a mocha. It's the two. It's the so it's funny. the two. It's the two uh, royal uh, coffee. You know, oh I don't know. I'm trying to think of the Jewish. It's like the house of of this rebbe and that rebbe, or this coming uh, together uh, for the perfect blend. Yeah, for the the shidduch of you know. So, so uh, but it has a very fruity. So it has a very nice taste, but. It's uh, that's more. It's more about what it is. It's not the that's taste so itself. I would, ne- I would never have known that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so much. There's so many misconceptions in coffee. I'm sure, like many other industries, but there there's a crazy amount of misconceptions. And you know what? You need to sell based on conception, not based on what you know. And that I've learned as well. That's an interesting thing. Now, if the ba- perception is is how you need to sell. So, for example, you you think that espresso is very strong, right? Right. Most people think espresso is very strong. A good espresso could be a medium roast, which is not very strong. Okay. Um, but at the same time, if I write espresso on something, people are going to buy it thinking, hey, that's so strong. I got to have that. Uh-huh. And when they taste it, they're going to be like, ooh, that was really strong. <laughs> it's, it's perception. So there's a lot of perception like that. So some things that are real and some things that are total bubba mices. But at the end of the day, Colombian coffee, 
there are many regions that have delicious coffees and much better than Colombian. Meaning, the top Colombians compete with others, and they're not the winners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the idea that Colombia has the best coffee I, is a great marketing uh, gimmick that uh, our country in America were, uh, you know, under that so impression. Interesting. Wow. It sells because people know Colombian. They say, oh, Colombian coffee. So what's the best coffee that you sell? Uh, our Moses Dark Roast. Dark, Ro- Dark Roast is another great example. Dark Roast is not more caffeine. Dark Roast, is the taste is, is stronger, but it has less caffeine because the more you roast it, the less caffeine it has. Ah, oh, see? I didn't know that either. <laughs> wow, right. So, you th- you, yeah, you generally think that the darker the roast, the uh, more coffee or the more caffeine, the more everything you get into it. Think about it like medicine or think about like working out. When someone works out, they want to hustle and push, right? So in their in your mouth buzz in your taste buds in your mouth the same way give me that strong stuff i want to right but really the cat in reality the caffeine is less Uh so it's not um it's not actually stronger but it tastes stronger so it makes you feel like you know you feel more powered up right all right so on the business side of things so how many so you're in whole foods what other and you're in kosher stores around the u.s yeah we're in kosher stores around the u.s and in new york especially and where else are are you guys located so we're mainly in New York and Florida. In New York, it's just mainly grocery, and in Florida, it's restaurants and uh, and and uh, grocery. Um, we're in a place called uh, Lucky's Market, which is here, and that's uh, been heavily invested by Kroger's, which is Kroger's competes with uh, Walmart, the two largest uh, grocery chains right. in the world, and they have an investment in, in Lucky's. So that's one of our customers. We're there in the cafe. We're there in the on the shelf as well. Uh, they've been opening up all over Florida, so we we've been part of that growth. Bar Hashem. We have other you know smaller customers here in Florida, you know specialty grocery stores, um, different restaurants, or we have gelato shop, or you know or pizza shops, you know the kosher pizza shops. Right, uh, right. Seem to work like like Shemtos or like uh, Holy Bagel in uh, North Miami Beach, different places. Uh-huh. Very nice. And, and do you deal with caterers also? Like, um, I guess I'm thinking the like Pesach hotels. Is stuff is kosher the Pesach to the hotels? Um, so no, I haven't uh, sold much to hotels. I mean, if they want, if they if they do happen to listen to this, they're more than welcome to reach out. Caterers, I I didn't go after caterers too much. Uh, right. So okay, I guess your bigger market, your biggest markets, are, I guess the the chain supermarkets and uh, chain supermarkets that have cafes are definitely where my interest lies and. And uh, restaurants. Restaurants go through. If you could get the right ones, you could go through a lot of coffee in a restaurant. Right. right. And we do offices as well. We have office customers, but I, we don't. We don't solicit offices. Uh, it's just you know either matter of word of mouth or you know we've we've gained office customers over time. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, listen. This has been incredibly enlightening. You know, I think I love the coffee business. Uh, it's a, it sounds like it's a lot of fun. You know, your brand is is, is great. You know, I guess you take biblical uh, names for most of your most of your products. Uh, Abraham, you got just, Moses. Just, just our just our blends, and and the last most recent one, the Samson, was customer chosen. We we didn't choose choose it. We just put it out there for our customers what they want, and and someone's like, oh, Samson, and it sounded good. You know, Samson strong espresso. I like that. That's actually very cool. That's that's a great name. All right, listen, this is absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I definitely look forward to, to trying your coffee. Although you said it's not in Israel yet, so I'll have to work that yeah. out somehow. Next time, next time you're in Florida. There you go. There you go. Well, or New York. Or that's... New York, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
All right. Thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your story. And uh, this has been Coffee Talk on the From Entrepreneur. All right. That's been amazing, Mandy. Thank you so much for joining us and being on the show. I love the story. I love the coffee business. Um, you definitely shared a lot of information with us. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. I had a great time. It was my pleasure. And uh, thank you, Nachum, for having me. All right. We'll talk again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with Nahum Kligman. We hope you learned something valuable and will share this with your friends. For show notes, archives of previous episodes, and more information to help you start and grow your business, please visit our website, www.fromentrepreneur.com. Listen, learn, be Masliak.